1: the, uh, uh, oh, so the Han- a Hanes t-shirt three for five dollars uh which is definitely not the cotton uh uh t-shirts um and so I actually got um a, a much better t-shirt for you Tim oh, but then I remembered you. it was so I can't I feel see you in
2: the lighting you can't well,
0: <laughs> take I'm us live just, KK. anyway I, I, I just what want you're know,
3: live
2: this I is was, like nagging. hang
0: on a second it's the thing in and... flirting it's like We're live. We got to go live at some point.
3: We're live. We're already live. (laughs) It
0: is Monday, August 30th, 2021. It is just for you who don't know, my 29th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Uh, It is 5.05 p.m. It is our 500th fucking episode. And I say fucking in that case in... uh, honor of John McWhorter's new book, which I read recently and which contains among other gems in it, the rules for when you're allowed to insert the word fucking uh, into other words. And I know that you all have been uh, uh, stumped by this and you've been getting it wrong. But uh, if you want to know John McWhorter's nine nasty words actually has the rule that identifies why you can say fill a fucking delphia but you can't say my fucking amy see one sounds right Obvious. the other sounds ridiculous what what do you think the the explanation is tim oh
2: um I, you can't know i just boring. have the ear for it it's just like porn you know it's just like you know it when you see it right
0: right it turns out there's a grammatical rule Oh, which yeah. John Grammar McWater, and porn have that in common. Ha- grammar and porn <laughs> have that in common. The grammatical rule is you can only insert it where both syllables are emphasized anyway. So, Philadelphia, you can say Philadelphia. La So, you can say Phil La fucking Delphia, right? Because both the La and the Del are, ben, have a certain amount get? of why emphasized okay. anyway.
3: Like, but Miami, you little
1: can't little do that. Grammar. But we have. It's like a swing.
2: Tim so that's why fucking Miller. And Lou. In lieu, Miller, in lieu, in of, lieu fucking of fucking fun. fun <laughs> Works. Um, Benja of fucking Men. Benja fucking Men does, does, does not, work. not
1: work. Oh my God, uh, that's right. It's uh, in lieu of fun. There's just. That's
2: uh, so uh, strong. Uh, that is it's a beautiful w- it, insight. It, it,
0: it's why yeah. you would say Tim fucking Miller, but not Tim Mill fucking-er. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, all of which is to say it is 500th episode week on the advice of David Botts. The great suggestion of David Botts. We decided, uh, to, uh, make the 500th episode a whole week long. We submitted to the audience the question of who they wanted to bring back from the history of the show. the people who are on this week are not necessarily the top five vote getters, though Tim certainly is uh, one of the top five vote getters. <laughs> well, and we're to tell okay, the other four, the whether
1: they are yeah. or no, no, we're not. We're not
0: sharing the numbers. <laughs> we're not sharing the rank. We, we exercise.
2: Where, where am some, I in the rank? You're higher. You're high. You're high. You're or high four? but there's a big difference between one and I believe four. you brought four us ten even...
3: percent of our audience, so I think you're okay. <laughs> you, you're four
2: fine. Not dude. even on the medal. Am I on the? No, you're on, on the metal metal plan. Plan. You're, you're
0: on the medal You're on. You're on the medals. Um, <laughs> um, fa- let's just say the bulwark did very well, <laughs> um, It was we like it you know, tight. so. Um, uh, uh I just want to say, uh, sort of. Thank you to everybody who voted in this poll and, and to people who put the work in to make the poll. Listing it's like,
4: all 500 people plus um, that uh, have been that, on the show that was into so, a poll. That was
0: a serious is, piece of work. I um, wouldn't have done that. And, um, uh, and by the way, um, we uh, but just to give you a sense that the audience is not infallible, that the wisdom of crowds is sometimes the foolery of crowds, uh, we submitted to the question, the old Sesame Street game, which of these things is not like the others about the host today? Which of these hosts is not wearing a dog shirt? Scott won this poll overwhelmingly. A bunch of people have subsequently changed their votes, which I just want to say is cheap. Unethical. It's really Chaining. unethical to change your vote on a of Fun after the data is in. Uh, Scott won 68% thought Scott had forgotten to wear the dog shirt. Um, Scott diligently wore his dog shirt today. And KK uh, who is, is the one who uh, really made dog shirts a thing on the show by, by uh, uh, fussing over mine so often, forgot her dog shirt um we are not allowed to have fun or did anymore. i leave it
4: home on purpose because i knew this was gonna i could turn this into the pole then it was all by design
0: i just also want to say genevieve actually ironed her dog shirt yes, um sure. <laughs>
4: which um I that was a necessity you guys saw full a dog,
3: shirt, a full frontal dog,
2: dog shirt. shirt? yeah can we get the no. whole dog shirt genevieve
4: oh
3: well that requires me getting up but you can get a portion you of it you
4: know she's eight months <laughs> pregnant
2: Oh, look at that nose. That's all I wanted just <laughs> the nose. a
4: lot of nose. More nose
0: than Ben has. <laughs> Very 3D. So we are not allowed to have fun anymore, but we are allowed to have 500 episodes with Tim Miller, who is, you know, on the metal stand from the audience of Vote. Tim, welcome back to the oh, show. Oh, Metal.
4: Oh, metal. Not metal. I thought he was DL. like punk rock, like metal. Uh, oh,
2: I'm going to I'm gonna be tormented, but by- I was told John said that I was defeated in the comments, and so now I'm going to be tormented by who defeated me. And I- it's going to be I'm going to be distracted most of the episode, and probably won't be able to fully give my best performance. No, will you be as distracted as
0: Matt Gates?
2: Uh, well, no, because I'll be thinking about adults mostly, and why these adults <laughs> didn't vote for me. <laughs> but- <laughs> um.
4: I will say that I just want going into the record books after the fucking monologue and like where things are already headed is that um, I have marked this is not for adults on YouTube for 500 episodes now. <laughs> and so I just want that like to be clear that like I don't believe in I don't believe in censorship, but I do believe in like categories so you can decide to censor yourself. And so thank you. We can talk about anything now, including Jonathan Rauch and the Bunny Ranch um just saying that was a great episode
2: <laughs> i didn't know about that i wasn't i wasn't oh my audience god for that one.
4: oh should we tell tim about our game you should play it
2: yeah you should play our game
0: so we have okay. a game that we, it's a new feature on in Lua fun where we bring somebody on and they oh, tell of like 15 20 minute story in whatever level of detail they want and the audience and the panel has to figure out if the story is true or not and John Roush came on and told a super fabulous story about his plan to-
4: Give go, up his gold star gay virginity.
0: Yeah, and go to a uh, a legal uh, um, a brothel outside of Las Vegas. Called the Buddy Ranch. And see if he could- uh, uh, Write about act, it for the Atlantic. Write about it for the Atlantic. <laughs> um, and, uh having this discussed at an editorial meeting at the Atlantic. Um, Which he and, reenacted. And uh it is a fabulous story. Um and was I'm not true? gonna I'm not gonna tell you whether it's true. You gotta go watch the episode. Okay. Um
2: uh it's uh, uh, Jonathan Ranch though is a friend of Mary. I didn't I didn't realize he's in the tribe. I didn't know that he oh, was yeah. a homosexual. The, he's, he's like I have yeah. really bad gaydar. Just as yeah, a no general kidding. statement. He's
4: written yeah, like but you know, so he
2: wrote one of the original
0: him. books about gay marriage. Uh, and, yeah, so like, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a, he's I, I think a if you made a list as of a
4: like. a homosexual man, he says that like, a lot. <laughs> he's like
2: a prominent gay. He's yeah, a prominent guess,
0: gay intellectual.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, a prominent gay. I guess I just totally missed this. I've listened to several Jonathan Rash podcasts, but just, well, I guess, more on the straight and narrow. You know, also about, his
0: husband, fabulous cook. Dinner parties at John Got Roush's it. house okay. with Michael Lye cooking is a uh, Sarah
2: Longwell's in the comments. Sorry, Sarah, you didn't get voted in the top five. So you're actually, not, uh... she, she did, and well, she,
0: she did. Uh, and that is why she uh, bring her on because she she agreed to 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 make Ooh. a cameo today. She is on vacation, but joining us from her vacation. Uh, 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 we are get get to say hi to Sarah Longwell. So Tim. What other than annoying texts has, in lieu of fun, meant to you for the past year and a half?
2: Well, I mean, I feel like I, got to, I bonded with Lisa Page and her puppet. Um, we've uh, shared musical uh, recommendations between one another now. Um, I used to think that I kind of had a special
3: Meg Ryan Mag-
2: Mag- Bob uh, connection with, with um, Kate, and I, haven't, I, I don't to anymore. She's, she's passed the to Bob, it. but I have an open invite to her home that's not quite on Provincetown, uh, which I haven't taken her up on yet, but I will. Um, And there was a period of time where in lieu of fun did mean a lot to me because I really wasn't having fun and I needed something in lieu of fun. You know, that's abated a little bit uh, because I am double vaccinated and I am not going to let the Delta variant get me down. I've had to, you know, edit my behavior a little bit, as discussed the last time with Scott, maybe not as much as Scott. I'm not like licking any Delta variant poles, like trying to get it as part of like a chicken pox, Type game, but um, I, I am you know doing some stuff, uh, so uh, so th- its value has, I guess, abated slightly, but just I still cherish you know all the things that I gained over the past 500. How many weeks would that be? 500 by, by seven? It, it, it's, it's notable, it's a lot of it, weeks, a lot of weeks, <laughs> lot of weeks. it's yeah. notable um, to me 80 weeks ish. Yeah, I mean, it's 75, it's 80.
4: how is it notable?
1: It's notable to me uh, Tim that you didn't talk about um, the t-shirt connection we have that that's like <laughs> something that added
2: to Yeah, well, we just met. Thing. So, you know, these are these are the sorts of bonds that kind of build over time, you know. It's sort of an exponential growth type thing. And so, you so know, maybe and I have had a epi- now maybe, for, maybe at, at the Maybe at the 1,000th
1: episode when you might actually mm-hmm. do better in the ranking. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. This is I'm, I, I feel scorned, um, I, but I, I think we'll like <laughs> right. look back. And you, remember, you remember when you said that in the 500th episode
2: and we'll have that funny. We talked about how you tried to like a pole in order to <laughs> get the delta yeah. there and you get <laughs> it behind you. Okay. you really uh, not to... the way that Jonathan Roush does, uh, man. I really I'm now. feeling like I'm feeling embarrassed about this Jonathan. I, I have two embarrassing moments of a little fun. One just happens not knowing that Jonathan Roush was a homosexual. And then the other, when Kate put me on the spot, was like, "Name your top ten favorite authors now," and I was like, "Ah!" And I, I you know, I was like, "I'm like trying like, to pull up my, books. I'm pulling up my Kindle on my phone." No, I do. I read books. I just forget. that My memory doesn't work, and so I'm pulling up my Kindle and scrolling. And I was like, "Who wrote that book again?" It was a Japanese like. So I, that was a really embarrassing moment for me, and I'm still, I'm still a little traumatized by that. So I've had some good and bad over the over the. 70-ish weeks.
0: Well, I just want to say um, on about In lieu of Fun um, uh, uh, and Tim Miller. Uh, I didn't really know Tim at the beginning of In lieu of Fun. Um, oh. uh, I think we... we. I have this memory that we ran into each other in Austin, Texas and met once. Which but is Tim a false memory. Me it's a false memory. <laughs> it's not true.
2: Um, and I has so, that effect on people, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, and i started hearing tim on podcasts uh and thought he was super interesting and funny and then uh started so this is actually a good way to develop relationships with people is uh tweeting fan stuff at them so scott shit posts which is why he has no friends I well, he tweet, has fi-
4: so many friends I, I tweet, it's amazing I tweet <laughs>
0: fan notes to people and it turns out people like that so um uh, we you know, call I Scott's
2: like... strategy negging in the <laughs> flirting
1: <laughs> department, you know? It's That's like right. uh Josh ha- Josh Hall Wait, he cut out. Cut, out. Scott,
4: you got- cut out, you cut out. Scott, you cut out, you cut out.
0: Scott your yeah, audio's we can't
4: out. I can not hear you. I think it sounds like your audio is All right, audio. this God, is God, hold uh, uh, wait hold on I was going to say that this is kind of like that adage you get more like flies with like honey than vinegar which is like actually empirically false because you actually get more flies with vinegar than with honey because it's so much stinkier that's like that's like Scott in his Twitter account. Um, well,
0: all I know is I got to, Tim is one of the people uh, Scott and Genevieve are two other people that I got to know as a result of In lieu of Fun, actually. Um, but uh, I feel the...
2: very enriched by that. I also on... did, and it's it's very mutual.
0: I mean, I, I really we've been
2: some in dark moments together now. We've, we've you know,
0: I really uh, I mean there was a whole there's a whole group of people associated with the Bulwark that I have long pre-existing relationships with, including Sarah and Bill Crystal and Jonathan Last and uh, and Charlie Sykes. But Tim, I had actually never met. We'd just, you know, heard each other. i had heard each other on podcasts and whatnot. And, you know, I met somebody who looked a hell of a lot like him in Austin, who I think I thought was He Tim must Miller. have been really handsome. He, <laughs> he was. He, really was handsome. he was really handsome. And he was standing next to Jeff Flake. And, um, and, and, I never met hims- Jeff
2: Blake either.
0: Introduced himself to me and and um and I thought he was Tim Miller and so greeted him warmly and um <laughs> and but, but that was kind of it. Um and so like in the sort of community building department like I think of you as like like one of the kind of cool people who I could tweet at and just say hey you want to come on this and you'd say sure and we've kind of most of Got mostly gotten to know each other through the show.
2: Well, I'm so honored, and I had this big friend yeah, that you know I, I'm a person who likes to you know keep a, a wide social network. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not a, uh, you know a loner, um, and and so I had a lot of slots to fill after I you know switched teams. Um, this is not sexually not not sexually politically switch teams. You know, isn't all like many it? of my. I did that. I had a lot of spots to fill back then too, but those had already been filled. And then and then, some. I overflowed with new, with new friends. Once I switched teams back in the, in the aughts, but this second team switch I did left me with a lot of new holes I needed to fill. No pun intended. Um, on my friend chart. Um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful that you and Kate people, have been able to do that.
0: People actually, this is a thing that people do not understand about the never Trump movement. Um, which is, as somebody who has never really been part of it, because I was never a conservative, so I, you can't be a never-Trump conservative without having been a conservative, but, cool. um, uh, but as somebody who's been adjacent to that movement for quite a while, people really don't understand how much people gave up their social worlds, and that there was a... You know, there's an, el- just like in lieu of fun is a community, there's an element of the conservative movement. That's a community of like-minded people who, who like each other and do things for each other and hang out together. And you can get, it gets really like 10th grade girls expelling people real I'm fast. just
2: I'm just so lucky that I had some non real political friends. I had not, I had real American friends because like the, the folks who did not who lived in DC and there are there's this kind of DC creature who like their whole life is like that. Their social network is and and then people who are never Trump and fit that bill really ended up pretty lonely. They got some dog they got a dog and you know, uh, a wine, <laughs> a lips. wine drinking habit, <laughs> and a couple new lips. But uh, luckily, I didn't. I wasn't. I was in that dire of straits, you know, because I've got a lot of norms in my life. But um, but still, it was real, and I'd, and uh, and I'm happy that you guys are now, you know, in my in my friend circle.
4: Yeah, adopting you and Scott was the best dog that I ever got, and one of you <laughs> even trained to wear a dog shirt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we got we gotta I, I,
0: uh I, honorary I, dog shirts for uh
4: I know we should. They should be chocolate lab. It's like the, like No, the Bronze the blonde
0: Lab is the official Okay. It's the the OG dog shirt.
4: Go ahead, Scott. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Oh no, no, I was um i I hadn't muted my microphone, so um i'm so sad <laughs> I, 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 everyone's happy about that um, i I actually just wanted to ask Tim one question, which was are you... for, for, for those of you um who um didn 't switch to the never trump side and went straight you know a- embraced the new the new boss um were you surprised about who did and who didn't, or did it roughly fall along what you had imagined?
2: It's a really good question. Uh, it is, and I'm actually—I don't know—I don't know if I'm supposed to say this because it's not public yet. But I'm—I'm I'm working on a longer project that is going to be right along these lines. So I'll give you a much longer answer for this next, book, you know, book, in the year. Book, book, Maybe book, we're not—we're not. We're not just, let's not jinx anything. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, the short answer to that question is yes. I was surprised. I was not surprised at all. I, I, I should say I was surprised that, that Trump himself won, because he was just so uniquely like weird, and it was like really this fucking guy, you know? Like there's that element with him. But I was not surprised that like a crazy far right person was was taking up the I, the writing was on the wall for that. Um, uh, I was I was I was just I was taken really aback by how quickly most people went on, came, you know, just got on, got on the train. And, and I think that um, I've had a lot of time to reflect on that. That's what I'm working on, which is like why they did that. So like maybe we can learn some lessons for like why people did what they did. Um, but uh, I was I, I just I just didn't really expect. I mean, obviously, there are always going to be ambitious people with politics, et cetera, et cetera. But um, man, just this the the fact That that you all could sit here and name the people that didn't is like the reason you know is reflective of how many people did. And there are a small handful of other people who didn't quietly, and I have a lot of respect for them. And then you know there's the Stuarts and the Steves and the Mees, and like that's it. Like that's just that's the list. Um, So uh, it it really did it really did take me take me aback to be honest. Uh, And my favorite line from that is. is He was not on the operative side, but he was on the journalism side, was, which relates to our dog convo, was from Steve Hayes over at the Dispatch, our friends of the Dispatch. And he was like, um, you know, I, I, he was expressing this over drinks to a mutual friend about how like saddened he was by how, how overwhelming it was that people went on board. And the friend said that he should get a dog. And he was like, I have a dog, and I think my dog's for Trump. <laughs> really yeah I was like that's Ooh. a good that's a good pick. That,
1: by the uh, way your can...
2: dog eats its own food
4: too yeah, so yeah. it's like why is it... I, I
1: cannot I, I, I normally don't buy any of these political um, memoir or accounts things but that book um, I so want to read
2: well hopefully you'll be able to okay. we'll leave it at that
4: that's going to be awesome. Um, um, it's 525. I'm going to start bringing in uh, questions. We are having trouble getting Sarah. Yes,
0: yeah, Sarah. Sarah. Um, so I just want to say Sarah is on vacation. Yeah. She is also among the list of uh, top uh, uh, vote getters. Um, I won't say whether she beat or lost to Tim because they have a you know, kind of brother sister rivalry thing going that I don't want to feed. Uh, uh, they were they were uh, they both did very well, says the proud parent.
2: Um, I lost. Uh, I lost, uh, Sarah. I'm good. I'm just I'm coming to terms with it already. I'm trying I'm to process sure. it.
0: You know,
4: I it's actually not, don't remember. I, I have a brain like i I've
0: made a point of not remembering. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but Sarah is uh, on vacation this week and won't be joining us for. Uh, but she did want to come in for uh, a cameo today. Uh, her Wi-Fi will not support that. Um, so, um, uh, uh, she. Uh, for those who are wondering why Sarah Longwell will not be on the week-long 500th episode. It is not because of any lack of invitation or lack of desire on her part. Uh, She is actually not uh, around. Um, David Botts. I hope you
2: think about that, people that voted for Sarah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) David David Botts, uh, whose idea this gala celebration of 500 episodes each episode this week representing a hundred episodes of In Lou of Fun was, uh, <laughs> the floor is yours. Uh, well, thanks. Um, thanks very much. So let me, let me. Uh, hi, Tim. Great to see you. Hi, David. Um,
5: yeah, well, great to see everybody. So uh, I just want to say very sincere thank you to each of you. And um, it's been uh it's been really amazing spending time with you and uh, it it means a lot
6: so thank you so much
4: i've read your son's uh thesis for 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 graduating from college at this point like i have never met you in person (laughs) but i really love that Mm -hmm. it's been so nice to get to know you david thank you so much
5: so thanks everybody
4: yep Bye. I... Wait. <gasps> I almost banned David Bach. I'm so glad that a pop-up came up. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> right
1: that would be <laughs> He I would definitely it. be say he would definitely be going through his head like what exactly did I say?
4: I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, David would blame himself which You're... is like ridiculous. Wait. <laughs> oh, hold on. Ben.
0: And then they execute. <laughs> <laughs> taken out in back <laughs> and shot
4: yeah that was a little awkward ben because you were muted for the half set for like uh, the half of your sentence so it just came in on and then they execute me with you laughing hysterically <laughs> i didn't mute myself i know you have some really loud background noise so i muted you um uh tony kava is accepting and connecting we have, like, so I don't think anyone understands from the driver's side of In lieu of Fun, you could only have six people on the screen at a time, and, like, not everyone accepts and connects at the same speed or with the same kind of fidelity, and so you kind of, that's why we, like, put people in, like, make their videos little and then bring them in randomly, even though it feels not fair to them because they don't know when they're all of a sudden going to be on screen. Um, but Tony cava is accepting and connecting, so he should be here in a second. But I can't bring anyone else in in the meantime because he's the sixth person. So we'll just wait for Tony to get here. Uh, yeah.
1: I was just going to say, I thought we were trying to fill time for Tony to come on. Oh, so, yeah,
4: that's exactly what we're
0: doing. We're always trying to fill okay,
4: okay. time. Did you did that's you? The, the this secret. entire show? Okay. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. Oh, the, a lot of things make sense to me now. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, what I wanted to know was before the pandemic, did you know that like a technology like this was possible? Um, like to me, the fact that this is possible, that you can put on the show... It, uh, you have an audience. They interact like every day. It, 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 I didn't think it was possible. Did, did, did you?
0: I have an answer to that question, and I'll let you guys in on a dirty secret. But I don't want to Alice Tony Kava. So Tony, uh, I w- hold Scott's question in your mind, uh, and Tony Kava, the floor is yours. Hi, Tony. I forgot. I. I hope I, hello everyone, I
5: hope I wasn't supposed to hold Scott's question because I didn't hear it, so I'm going to let fine. Scott's No, that was for out. the audience. Oh, excellent, excellent. Hello everyone, and thank you for having me on for the 500th episode. It is indeed an honor. Um, I just happened to have the day off today so I could join. Yay! Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, this has been a really great thing. I think I've told you before, it's the best part of the pandemic. And uh, I I hold that's super
0: that. low praise.
5: That it is super <laughs> low praise. The right. best
0: part of the Black Death was, you yes. know, the increase in worker
6: <laughs> well,
3: compensation. Yes. Yes. The, the best. Yeah. I thought it was short-term. the sartorial choices of the masks. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: That too. Uh, so I had
5: a couple, three questions. You guys have a, you have a, anybody have a preference as to what I should throw out there?
4: Oh, I saw your 500 Days of Pandemic point, and I was thinking
5: oh, of okay. that one. Okay, let's do that one. Well, you know, seeing that, um, and I, I stand with David Botson and getting all teary uh, and frequent, uh, knowing we've reached 500 shows. But, but seeing that the show is like on because of a worldwide death, deadly pandemic, is 500 episodes really a, a good thing or a bad thing?
4: that's a good question is that for me yeah i don't know i guess Uh, well because
2: it might be a good thing for ben who's been able to gain and foster these new relationships with people like me uh that have added a lot of that have enriched his life and kind of added to him and maybe that'll continue for the next 100. uh so and because i'm a friend of ben anything that's good of ben is good for me though i do have to say Boy, I wish you only needed to have 200 of these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and it is pretty fucking nuts. Like when you would, and you had me on the very first time, whatever that episode was, if you would have said to me, Tim, next summer, we're going to have you on, we'll have had a vaccine for this virus that, w- that, that basically eliminates the worst outcomes. Um, you know, it doesn't eliminate spread, but eliminates the worst outcomes. Uh, that will have been available for four months. And yet still there'll be many states that are having their highest deaths of the entire pandemic every day. I, I would have been like, now that is a dark timeline even for me. Like that that timeline is too dark even for my pessimistic, rain cloudy Nian. So uh, in that sense, it kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, I I just wanna emphasize the the uh, conditional nature of the celebration. Um, And Scott, you know, is a philosopher, so he will, he's trained in formal logic, so he will really understand this point. But for those of you who are having trouble with it, we're not saying that the pandemic is a good thing. We're saying that given that you have a pandemic, it's better that you go through it. With five hundred episodes yeah. of in lieu of fun, since fun is still banned, and we had, we did have this brief period where we, well we thought
4: we'd stop.
0: We thought fun was now allowed. Tim was promising face licking parties, and we we earnestly, you know, grappled as we should seriously grapple with the question of whether in lieu of fun we were beyond that at this point. We uh, and we stuck with it, and we kept doing the show. Um, uh, because it is better, given the existence of the pandemic, to ha- and the fact that fun is banned, to have in lieu of fun than not to. I don't think we were, I don't think anybody would say, uh, all right, all right, you can have the 600,000 Americans and 4.3 million people back. But you have to give up all 500 episodes of In Low of Fun. I don't think even KK or I would say no. (laughs) You know, like, no, In Low of Fun was so great. We are issuing a correction.
2: We are issuing a correction. You do not have to hand it to ISIS K in the pandemic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. God bless Drill. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah.
4: I think that there is. I'm like a little. I'm a little surprised that you feel like you have to qualify that Ben because I do feel as if it's in the title.
1: That like, that like, I would, a, I would, like a little
4: bit. Can, like, I, can I? You shouldn't have to asterisk it. Go ahead, Scott.
1: Well, I'm the philosopher here, so I feel like I should um, examine um, uh, Ben's argument um, for any possible holes. Um, and if I find them, I have to just tell him, even if it's embarrassing. Intellectual
0: honesty
5: yeah. Um,
1: but I'll just tell you that based on my like years of experience, um, what Ben said makes sense.
4: <laughs> um, I will say, what to answer your question from before Tony also, um, and it kind of relates to the 500 episodes, I mean like, Ben, you started, I remember we had a meeting to talk about the tech. It was the only meeting I think that we had that wasn't, that was about As planning a As evidenced by the total tech disaster yeah, in this yeah. second episode it's like or so. Fucking, it's like unbelievable how we like still managed to like, to, to screw this up. But like, um, we did, I don't even remember how many episodes on Zoom and had horrible Zoom bombers that would cut and paste entire like, Penises made out of, like, out of, you know, they just like, you know, that, like, the thing that you can do with the images where you make it, like, it's like, and it turns out if you
0: you really spend a lot of time on it, you can make a penis only out of the N word.
4: Yeah.
2: But you you, you have to really (laughs) want to.
4: Yep. Uh, so that
2: was like I'm going to, I i couldn't hear that. I'm sorry. I'm having a breakdown in my connection. <laughs> I don't know if what that that whole last minute I missed, but I'm back.
4: I I know. So like I don't know. Like and then we went to Crowd. Ben found Crowdcast. I think because of uh, because of Lawfare stuff. When we went to Crowdcast, and it's been just a really cool format, and it's really built out the community aspect of it. Like people can chat and talk to each other and we can bring on guests better. So, so, so I think
1: I am just to say one thing and I, I mean this is a longer conversation about what the show its aim is but one thing I just think is it's that there just seems to be the case that people ha- people have a craving for s- smart content um, and having like um, I was research. really
4: scared where that's where that sentence was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no
1: they, you know, there were like,
0: so many options.
4: Oh,
1: <laughs> no, it's like it's like these people who do research in different kinds of fields they can come on, or um, you know, uh, political analysts can come on, and you can just have in, like like an intel- intelligent conversation. Is is yeah, actually? I have... think that's what the show is about.
4: We can bring on Pulitzer Prize winners and have us talking from our bedrooms and our pajamas and our dog shirts. Or, you know, uh, I feel like, no, but there is like, I I think it's really, I think it has been really, I think it is really fun. I don't think there is something kind of exactly like this right now that is video and audio and kind of current events political and goes into kind of random divergence from political stuff and the news into like Corvids and bees and, (laughs) I don't know, any of the so random people we brought on.
0: I wanna, I wanna uh, answer Scott's original question, but I also want to acknowledge the area of failure, um, which I think is actually an important thing to think about. Um, I've been joking a lot, but this is totally serious. So I was looking for a technology that does this for reasons related to lawfare. And honestly, one of the reasons I asked Kate to do in lieu of fun was to play with this technology, see what we could do since we were all stuck at home, see what we could do with Zoom, see what we could do with Crowdcast. And I asked Ian Enright to kind of work with me to, uh, you know, what could we create that we could use for things like lecture series that we could use for. Uh, what became Lawfare Live, what if we wanted to do on Lawfare what, uh, you know, what is basically a, uh, a, a very high quality set of discussions about, you know, X, Y, and Z that involved some measure of audience participation but wasn't amenable to Zoom bombing, right? That we could really control the frame. And that's... That's why we started experimenting with it, and in lieu of fun, was kind of imagined as a, as a way for me to play with the, with the technology, a little bit distant from lawfare, uh, be a fun project to do with Kate, and it was a way of exploring some of the technology. Um, here is, you've all seen the things that you, you like about it, and let's just be honest about the sense that it fails is that it's very hard to scale it. So we can address 750 people a day this way, and maybe another few hundred in the audio, people who listen to it on the audio. Um, but we are living in an ecosystem, uh, 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 an ecosystem of that is a grotesque swamp of disinformation lies and um, the opposite of what we're trying to do here, which is, you know, intellectual community building um, and uh, based on serious information and good fun and fellowship. Um, And uh, that we have figured out the magic secret to doing that at the with at the 1000 person level. Um, But We have not figured out the sense in which ideally you would want to be able to do that at the million people level or the 10,000 people level. And adding a decimal point to that is extremely, extremely difficult. And so, you know, I am, look, I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not trying to make money. I'm interested in having good conversations myself and the quality of the ecosystem that we're creating. But I am keenly aware that like, if you think about it as an economist, this is a total failure. Um, if you think about it as a business proposition, it's a total failure. None of us is making money doing it. That's the definition of failure in a market. Um, and um, and none of you is paying for it, which is the definition of failure in a market. And So I do think, like, it's important to think about, like, while we're doing this, Alex Jones is doing this, too. And he's making money hand over fist. He's also building a community. And the market is rewarding that and not rewarding this. And so I do think we should, as we congratulate ourselves on 500 episodes, remind ourselves that there are people who are doing this better than we are and they're the bad guys
4: yeah like i am just like gonna spitball here and say alex jones doesn't like you know has a his day job is doing his show like and that he's getting paid like
0: i'm not i'm not proposing we trade places with alex jones i'm not proposing we do what he does i'm saying if you think of this as a community that we've built for its own sake where serious people get together to shoot the shit joke around and talk about serious issues in no particular order it's a raging success if you think about it in terms of the larger environmental ecosystem that it's a part of uh you know a few law professors a law student and a weird whatever the hell i am think tank guy journalist getting together this is nothing and so i
4: (laughs) Yeah, just
0: just wanted to cheer y'all up. One of
3: the things, things, though, is, like, even the consideration of the market effects would have probably diluted the content of the conversation and would have changed the whole tone of the show. So to consider the market effects would have ruined the show, though, right? Or or at
4: least that's my opinion. Yeah, I think that there is a point that we were trying to promote the show a lot more. And, like, we stopped. Kind of asking every person that was a guest to like actually retweet because one, it's annoying to do that, and two, like, I don't know, it just like it didn't like I thought it was just kind of a nice community and like landed where it landed. I wasn't trying to compete with that like thing, and I guess, like, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I just just to jump in, just to say that, um, you know, just echoing Ben that, um, my Twitter feed has not grown as much as. I had expected.
4: Had you had <laughs> hoped it you had hoped it would
1: Yeah. I mean even And ex-
4: and that's the objective.
1: Yeah, I'm just I mean I'm just being real here.
4: I know. Like Ben. Ben is also being real. I don't know. I'm gonna bring in Chris Ardris because this conversation is uh totally not dark at all. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Big difference yes, is it's you it's great to want see your, see your face. Is Thank new? you. you want to see your listeners and the people who are part of the community? Whereas, like, Mark Levin, I think, would have a meltdown if he had to actually meet the people that that's like what he's selling. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it would be a really scary just, moment for him. Just
0: to be clear, I am not arguing that we should do what they do. I think what they do I don't is know what you are arguing. pernicious, horrible sewage. My point is that there is something upsetting about the fact that the market rewards the pernicious, horrible sewage. Um, And actually said that something like this is a niche, as somebody said in the uh, in the chat, a niche sandbox uh, uh, thing. Um, And even if you go bigger than this, the the uh, weekly uh, zoom uh, meeting for the bulwark is in the thousands of people, not the millions of people. I'm making an observation about the ecosystem, not about. I, I wouldn't spend my time. Look, I do this every day. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying we should, you know, uh, uh, finance uh, shysterism with, you know, penis enlargement enhancements uh, uh, supplements.
4: How, what are we talking about? <laughs>
3: We're rated for adults. It's fine.
4: That was just Uh, an
0: accurate description of what Alex Jones does. Okay,
4: fine.
6: You've clearly never watched Alex
4: Jones. No, obviously not.
2: Hello, Christopher.
6: Hello, (laughs) Tim Miller. Sorry. Well, I didn't. I I made a comment about myself, but I I didn't want to talk about myself too much uh, on this show. But I am grateful to all of you guys for. you know, for this community and uh, for r- r- rallying behind me when I was uh, off off the show and worrying about me and getting me uh, to the ER. Um, you know, thanks to Kate and um, everyone on the show for for um, for helping to save my life. So, <laughs> uh, I-, I wanted to sort of on on that note, I, I-, I wanted to sort of ask you know given uh we have tim miller on the show um and he's a national treasure um i did want to sort of uh take the chance to ask him a political question and sort of say uh on the um ron DeSantis beat here um is is there anything that you think that 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 uh I don't want to say come, come to Jesus moment, but like, is there some, something that that it could happen to him, short of getting COVID himself, uh, that would um, have him reverse on all this sort of hardcore, you know, hardest core Trumpist type type uh, uh, anti um, masking policies and yeah. and uh, you know. Be a responsible Republican if that still exists, um, uh, and as as opposed to trying to out Trump, Trump.
2: Yeah, um, thank you, Christopher. I'm glad you're on the mend and all that. Um, boy, Ron DeSantis, uh, he's not going to get sick because he got vaccinated. I mean, that's the thing with all these assholes is that like they're vaccinated. It's the you know C-list radio talk show host. With an in lieu of fun, like audience size, who are <laughs> dying, up. <laughs> <for> you, <laughs> dying up. you Who are really up <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the novel coronavirus
4: here? This is the worst five 500- hundred. <laughs> 500- <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we just love just it. Just getting started. We okay. Love our little Jeez, intimate community. Um, so it's the it's the Ben Wittises of the conservative <laughs> world who are dying. <laughs> and, uh, the Ron DeSantis because they're all <laughs> getting a jab. Um, and so, no, he's going to be healthy. Um, I will say this about him politically. Um, he, he he was doing a, a really good job just, just as a political analyst looking at him, balancing the crazy Trump town with like the relatively normal Republican types that live in Florida to the extent that that's not an oxymoron, um, but the jab Marco crowd. And and part of that was that like while his national profile was a lot about owning the libs and like performative Fox and Friends stuff, locally he was like kind of governing, not all that different from how you would have expected a job to govern. Right? Like he was doing some not surprise some anti, you know, populist right things. Like he was, you know, the the uh, employment situation in Florida was good. So most of like the business guys and like that suburban moms and that crowd that was turned off by Trump liked him as well he is jeopardizing that significantly right now so uh, in order to, to ho- maintain his trump base and so I, I do think you'll see his numbers in florida come down a bit um while his you know 2024 numbers stay stay static um you know at the top of the non-trump field um and and so i i do think that he's suffering a little bit politically from that i don't know if it'll be enough to make him vulnerable for re-elect a lot's going to happen between now and next november but i I do think he's suffering from it i think that there are a lot of normal type republicans there who are like this is crazy that like they're not teacher mandates and you know depending everybody's own opinion and all this sort of stuff but like you know at least about 40 percent of the republican base wants there to be at least incentives for vaccines if not mandates and i think a a certain portion of that 40 percent want there to be mandates and so I, i think he is turning those folks off and the numbers are getting pretty bad. And you know, if you look at what's happening in Orlando and Tampa and these sort of big markets, the so hospitals are filling up. Uh, people, you know, that you, you run in. Reality occasionally meets you. Know, your trolling um, in a way that's not not favorable for troll politicians. And I do think that's happening for him a little bit, but maybe not as much as people watching this would, would hope.
3: I have a quick question just to follow yeah. up on that. How much of a presence do you think that that Trump base is going to be present for anyone who's not Trump though. Like, I, I mean, so that's always something that I kind of, am not sure about because it's like when he's on the ballot, there's down ticket races that do get the bump effect, but when he's not there, are they going to
4: care?
2: I think, you know, as far as the, look, and we had a, despite all the talk about you know, voter suppression and all this, like we had a massive turnout at this last election. And part of that was driven by Trump himself, right? Like he, he inspires people who are not in the political process and he ins- uh, to vote for him and against him, right? And he's like a classic lightning rod who's out, outside of like the nerdy political world, like it's a cultural figure. Um, so I, I do think that there'll be a, a diminishment of that. But even among your existing kind of Republican regulars, the types of people that vote in, in elections um, all, all the time, it's about half and half. You know, If you look at a poll, it might be 40, 60, might be 60, 40, might be 50, 50, but you know, somewhere between 40 and 50% of the Republican regulars like really like Trump more than they like, you know, insert establishment Republican person here. Um, and so you know, he'll still have an impact with those people regardless of, um, of what happens to that other category of people who aren't Republican regulars that he activated to turn out to vote.
4: Yeah. So you're basically saying that there isn't like an, just being a supporter, like just trying and hit your wagon to Trump won't automatically get you like the 32 to 38 percent base uh, that like that's you can get some of it, but it's like mostly like the full effect of it is reserved for Trump.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think TBD, right? I don't know. He, he hasn't been not on the ballot, right? I mean, like uh, you know, if, I, I, what I'm talking about is within the people that vote in the primaries in Republican mm-hmm. primaries. About half of those people like Trump more than they like the party, and about half of those people are really Republican types that could take or leave Trump, right? So it's about a fifty-fifty split. So you can take if you're if you if you really just go full Trump bore, you know, you can get that 50, but you might turn off the other 50. If if you'd say we need to distance yourself from Trump, you might get the other 50, but might turn off that 50. Ron DeSantis was doing a good job of getting all for a while, but I think now he's starting to turn off a little bit, some of the second kind of category.
4: Yeah, that makes sense. All right, we have Paula back from her first day in law school. Hi, Paul. Live
0: from Ann Arbor.
4: How, no, how was... no, because my
3: washer isn't working, so I had to drive home so I could have clothes for tomorrow. Um,
0: Live from not in Ann Arbor. How
3: how was your first
0: day of, of class?
3: Um, I thought it was great, honestly. And I think it's so much fun. And it's like, I feel like I got like an old, like I played sports for so long, competitor side of me, not in like, I want to compete with other people, but like every day of training before the pandemic was like, how far can I push myself? And I'm in a new academic setting. And it's like, oh, wow. I can finally push myself again after like, you know, being um, like having time off for so long and like not being mentally challenged. Kate's like making a weird face and it's scary.
4: <laughs> I just don't want you to be a gutter, Paula. No, <laughs> so-
3: no, no. So- I mean, like, like to see like what I can like prove to myself in a sense, right? Yeah, like it know. took a, um, but I want to like say something to Ben's point and it's a little was bit Scott of- Was going
4: to say something? I thought Scott was, but I can't tell if he's muted or not. Or was it, looked like you were moving your mouth. You're muted. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, okay, go ahead. To Ben's point
3: if you take a different perspective, and I've actually thought about this quite a bit. I don't know why, but I always think about the fact that they're like, hundreds of maybe thousands of foundations that claim that they're helping people especially students in lower income areas um, to help them get connected with people that will teach them things about their you know sector or their field and put them in contact with people that you know know more than them and people funnel millions of dollars in these foundations and charities and they do absolutely nothing most of the time and I was from a university compared to like for example, some of my classmates from high school who didn't have like really fancy speakers compared to someone I know who went to a school in New York, right? And you guys with zero money have done that for a group of people Well. Thousands of foundations fail to literally do a simple thing of connecting people, like Scott said, into smart conversations. And you guys have managed to do that without having like Bezos attached to the end of the show or whatever you know philanthropic last name. And I think that's we're selling huge. all of your
4: data. I- <laughs> <laughs> uh, are, uh, uh, you have you, are, that's uh, right. Paula, you you click, come
2: to oh, a realization yeah. <laughs> that it took me a decade in Washington to figure out, which is that like, almost all of the foundations and advocacy groups are terrible and do nothing. <laughs> and it's like an uh, entire fake the ones ecosystem. That, except the
6: ones
0: that support lawfare, which is.
2: Except <laughs> the ones that support lawfare who are doing a great job. Uh, but uh, there's an astonishingly high percentage of them that do literally right. nothing and there's an entire fake ecosystem of people who are just glomming off the teat of the, of the public uh, you know, money and old, and dead rich people or even like little. some
3: really like bad universities have failed to do at a minimum what you guys have done and take the money of students and like give them nothing after a certain amount of years. And I think if we're not going to look at this as a business, but maybe as what Scott said, giving some people the opportunity to connect it's a hundred percent done that job and well beyond I think what people have done with a lot of money and have failed to do. So I think that's okay. a point. So
0: first really of all, well said, Paula.
3: Thank you. Um and secondly,
0: I i did not do not want to sound like i'm suggesting that what we're doing here doesn't matter because you just
4: said that like three times no i did not
0: say that (laughs) i said that there is a larger project that this kind of micro ecosystem can't address that is you know a big problem in the information space um and that there's an aspect of this that I scratch my head and worry cannot that it I don't think it can scale and I worry that it can't scale Um, because I'm very afraid having spent as much time in uh, the cable news ecosystem as I have which Tim has also done there's a lot of reason to be afraid of that ecosystem. and. I like this ecosystem a lot better, and I wish there were a way to make mass market products that were based on something like high quality information, good conversation, uh, impromptu discussions with audiences. Um, But the reason, the thing that gets lost when you try to do that, the first thing that gets lost is meeting people like Paula. And, you know, who shows up and starts asking good questions and we all kind of get attached to her and she's going to law school and that involves something that we're all have some intimacy with. And so we all uh, kind of start talking and that doesn't happen with MSNBC and it doesn't happen with um, uh,